Section 14 of Curiosities of Literature, Volume 3. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Linda Marie Nielsen, Vancouver, B.C. Curiosities of Literature, Volume 3, by Isaac de Israeli. Literary Unions a union of talents differing in qualities might carry some important works to a more extended perfection in a work of great enterprise the aid of a friendly hand may be absolutely necessary to complete the labors of the projector who may have neither the courage the leisure nor all necessary acquisitions for performing the favorite task which he has otherwise matured many great works commenced by a master genius have remained unfinished or have been deficient for want of this friendly secure the public would have been grateful to johnson had he united in his dictionary the labors of some learned etymologist speed's chronicle owes most of its value as it does its ornaments to the hand of sir robert cotton and the other curious researchers who contributed entire portions goguet's esteemed work of the origin of the arts and sciences was greatly indebted to the fraternal zeal of a devoted friend the still valued books of the port royal society were all formed by this happy union the secret history of many eminent works would show the advantages which may be derived from that combination of talents differing in their nature cumberland's mastery versions of the fragments of the greek dramatic poets would never have been given to the poetical world had he not accidentally possessed the manuscript notes of his relative the learned bentley this treasure supplied that research in the most obscure works which the volatile studies of cumberland could never have explored a circumstance which he concealed from the world proud of the greek erudition which he thus cheaply possessed yet by this literary union bentley's vast erudition made these researches which cumberland could not and cumberland gave the nation a copy of the domestic drama of greece of which bentley was incapable there is a large work which is still celebrated of which the composition has excited the astonishment even of the philosophic hume but whose secret history remains yet to be disclosed this extraordinary volume is the history of the world by raleigh i shall transcribe hume's observations that the reader may observe the literary phenomenon they were struck with the extensive genius of the man who being educated amidst naval and military enterprises had surpassed in the pursuits of literature even those of the most recluse and sedentary lives and they admired his unbroken magnanimity which at his age and under his circumstances could engage him to undertake and execute so great a work as the history of the world now 
when the truth is known the wonderful in this literary mystery will disappear except in the eloquent the grand and the pathetic passages interspersed in that venerable volume we may indeed pardon the astonishment of our calm philosopher when we consider the recondite matter contained in this work and recollect the little time which this adventurous spirit whose life was passed in fabricating his own fortune and in perpetual enterprise could allow to such erudite pursuits where could raleigh obtain that familiar acquaintance with the rabbins of whose language he was probably entirely ignorant his numerous publications the effusions of a most active mind though excellent in their kind were evidently composed by one who was not abstracted in curious and remote inquiries but full of the daily business and the wisdom of human life the confinement in the tower which lasted several years was indeed sufficient for the composition of this folio volume and of a second which appears to have occupied him but in that imprisonment it singularly happened that he lived among literary characters with most intimate friendship there he joined the earl of northumberland the patron of the philosophers of his age and with whom raleigh pursued his chemical studies and surgeon hoskins a poet and a wit and the poetical father of ben jonson who acknowledged that it was hoskins who had polished him and that raleigh often consulted hoskins on his literary works i learn from a manuscript but however literary the atmosphere of the tower proved to raleigh no particle of hebrew and perhaps little grecian lore floated from a chemist and a poet the truth is that the collection of the materials of this history was the labor of several persons who have not all been discovered it has been ascertained that ben jonson was a considerable contributor and there was an english philosopher from whom descartes it is said even by his own countrymen borrowed largely thomas Harrott, whom anthony wood charges with infusing into raleigh's volume philosophical notions while raleigh was composing his history of the world but if raleigh's pursuits surpassed even those of the most recluse and sedentary lives as hume observes we must attribute this to a dr robert burrell rector of northwald and the county of norfolk who was a great favorite of sir walter raleigh and had been his chaplain all or the great part of the drudgery of sir walter's history for criticisms chronology and reading greek and hebrew authors was performed by him for sir walter footnote i draw my information from a very singular manuscript in the lansdowne collection which i think has been mistaken for a boy's ciphering book of which it has much the appearance number seven hundred forty one four fifty seven as it stands in the auctioneer's catalogue it appears to be a collection closely written extracted out of anthony wood's papers 
and as i have discovered in the manuscript numerous notices not elsewhere preserved i am inclined to think that the transcriber copied them from the mass of anthony wood's papers of which more than one sackful was burnt at his desire before him when dying if it be so then m s is the only register of many curious facts ben jonson has been too freely censured for his own free censures and particularly for one he made on sir walter raleigh who he told drummond esteemed more fame than conscience thy best wits in england were employed in making its history ben himself had written a piece to him of the prunic war which he altered and set in his book johnson's powerful advocate mr gifford has not alleged a word in the defence of our great bard's free conversational strictures the secret history of raleigh's great work had never been discovered on this occasion however johnson only spoke what he knew to be true and there may have been other truths in these conversations which were set down at random by drummond who may have chiefly recollected the satirical touches End footnote. thus a simple fact when discovered clears up the whole mystery and we learn how that knowledge was acquired which as whom sagaciously detected required a recluse and sedentary life such as the studies and the habits of a country clergyman would have been in a learned age the secret history of another work still more celebrated than the, the history of the world by sir walter raleigh will doubtless surprise its numerous admirers without the aid of a friendly hand we should probably have been deprived of the delightful history of artists by vasari although a mere painter and goldsmith and not a literary man vasari was blessed with the nice discernment of one deeply conversant with art and saw rightly what was to be done when the idea of the work was suggested by the celebrated paulus jovius as a supplement to his own work of the eulogiums of illustrious men vasari approved of the project but on that occasion judiciously observed not blinded by the celebrity of the literary man who projected it that it would require the assistance of an artist to collect the materials and arrange them in their proper order for though jovius displayed great knowledge in his observations yet he had not been equally accurate in the arrangement of his facts in his book of eulogiums afterwards when vasari began to collect his information and consulted paulus jovius on the plan although that author highly approved of what he saw he alleged his own want of leisure and ability to complete such an enterprise and this was fortunate we should otherwise have had 
instead of the rambling spirit which charms us in the volumes of Vasari, the verbose babble of a disclaimer. Vasari, however, looked round for the assistance he wanted, a circumstance which Terraboshi had not noticed. Like Hogarth, he required a literary man for his scribe. I have discovered the name of the chief writer of the lives of the painters, who wrote under the direction of Vasari, and probably often used his own natural style, and conveyed to us those reflections which surely come from their source. I shall give the passage as a curious instance where the secret history of books is often detected in the most obscure corners of research. Who could have imagined that in a collection of the lives de la Sante e Beauty del Ordinine Predicatori we are to look for the writer of Vasari's lives? Don Serafini Razzi, the author of this ecclesiastical biography, has this reference. Who would see more of this may turn to the lives of the painters, sculptors, and architects, written for the greater part by Don Silvano Razzi, my brother, for the Signor Cavalier, Monsieur Giorgio Vasari, his great friend. Footnote. I find this quotation in a sort of polemical work of natural philosophy, entitled Saggio di Storia Literia Florienta de Secolo the Seventeenth, de Giovanni Clementi Nelli, Lucia, seventeen fifty nine, page fifty eight. Nelli also refers to what he had said on this subject in his Piant ad Alzati di S. M. de Flor, page six and page seven a work on architecture c brunette and hayam beeb italian de libra rari End footnote. the discovery that vasari's volumes were not entirely written by himself though probably under his dictation and unquestionably with his communications as we know that dr morrow wrote the analysis of beauty for horgoth will perhaps serve to clear up some unaccountable mistakes or admissions which appear in the series of volumes, written at long intervals and by different hands. Mr. Fuseli has alluded to them in utter astonishment and cannot account for Vasari's incredible dereliction of reminiscence, which prompted him to transfer what he had rightly ascribed to Giorgione in one edition to the elder Parma in subsequent ones. Again, Vasari's memory was either so treacherous or his rapidity in writing so inconsiderate that his account of the Capella Sistina and the Stanze of Raffaello is a mere heap of errors and unpardonable confusion. Even Botari, his learned editor, is at a loss how to account for his mistakes. Mr. Fuseli finally observes, he has been called the Herodotius of our art, and if the main simplicity of his narrative 
and the desire of heaping anecdote on anecdote entitle him in some degree to that appellation we ought not to forget that the information of every day adds something to the authenticity of the greek historian whilst every day furnishes matter to question on the credibility of the tuscan all this strongly confirms the suspicion that vasari employed different hands at different times to write out his work such mistakes would occur to a new writer not always conversant with the subject he was composing on and disjointed materials of which were often found in a disordered state it is however strange that neither botari nor tiraboshi appears to have been aware that vasari employed others to write for him we see that from the first suggestion of the work he had originally proposed that paulus jovius should hold the pen for him the principle illustrated in this article might be pursued but the secret history of the two great works so well known is as sufficient as twenty others writing less celebrated the literary phenomenon which has puzzled the calm inquiring hume to cry out a miracle has been solved by the discovery of a little fact on literary unions which derives importance from this circumstance footnote mr patrick fraser tyler in his recent biography of sir walter raleigh a work of vigorous research and elegant composition has dedicated to me a supernumerary article in his appendix entitled mr de israeli's errors he has inferred from the present article that i denied that raleigh was the writer of his own great work because i have shown how great works may be advantageously pursued by the aid of literary union it is a monstrous inference the chimera which plays before his eyes is his own contrivance he starts at his own phantomorsgalia and leaves me after all to fight with his shadow mr tyler has not contradicted a single statement of mine i have carefully read his article and my own and i have made no alteration i may be allowed to add that there is much redundant matter in the article of mr tyler and to use the legal style there is much impertinence which with a little candor and more philosophy he would strike his pen through as sound lawyers do on these occasions end of footnote end of section fourteen Recording by Linda Marie Nielsen, Vancouver, B.C.